This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Everyone is voting for Jack. Cause he's got what all the rest lack Everyone wants to back Jack Jack is on the right track Cause he's got Hi guys, welcome to 2021 and also welcome back to the Kennedy Dynasty Podcast. I'm your host Allison and today's episode is all about Caroline Kennedy. I titled it Sweet Caroline because in case you didn't know, Neil Diamond actually wrote the song after being inspired by Caroline Kennedy in the 1960s. Which is pretty weird, honestly, but a fact nonetheless. So, that's the title. Anyway, for today's episode, I did a lot of research about Caroline and her life because I feel like a spotlight isn't really shown on her as brightly as it should be, especially considering she is the one who continues her family's legacy to this day. So, she really is an extraordinary human being when you start studying her. With that being said, let's get started. So, Caroline was born on November 27th, 1957, which makes her 63 years old now, in case you're curious. When she was born, it was extremely exciting for her parents. They had a stillbirth and a miscarriage before her and felt kind of behind the other Kennedys as far as having kids goes. Jackie later described her birth as the best day of her life, and she was truly adored by both of her parents, as well as America. (laughs) JFK was smitten with Caroline, and his nickname for her was Buttons, which is so cute. At the time of her birth, JFK was still senator to Massachusetts, but he already, of course, had his eyes set on the White House. He announced his candidacy for president in January of 1960 when Caroline was still just a toddler and her brother was born, JFK Jr., a few weeks before entering the White House. Mrs. Kennedy, would you introduce this most talkative member of your family? This is my daughter, Caroline Kennedy, who's two years old. Can you say good morning? She doesn't appear to care too much for the cameras here. As I kind of mentioned before, she was beloved by... Everyone. JFK obviously knew the appeal of him being a family man with adorable kids for the American people and used that to increase his poll numbers. And as we know, Jackie wanted her kids to lead a very private life and tried to shield them from publicity, but with them being them, it was nearly impossible. Now, as for childhood in the White House, I mean, the few years that they did have, it was kind of every kid's dream. She had pets galore, and the staff loved the kids and would make treats for them and play with them and all kinds of stuff. It was just a fairy tale, kind of. And Jackie even created a school in the White House for Caroline to attend with other students as well. But as we know, obviously, that fairy tale did not last very long. So the first real tragedy in her life, which came when she was very young, still only five, was when her brother Patrick passed away on August 9th of 1963, soon after being prematurely born. It was just a couple days after he was born. This was obviously devastating to their family and really tough on JFK and Jackie. And Caroline knew that and saw that. Caroline even says that that's the only time she ever saw her father cry. She would even try to comfort her mother then. She would pick flowers and do all she could to try to make them feel better because she knew that something was wrong. And she herself was probably grieving. I mean, five's not too young to grieve. And then 
Unfortunately, just a few months later, her father was tragically assassinated, as we know, and she was actually on her way to her first sleepover with a friend from school when the news broke about it. The mother of the friend was driving the girls back to her house, and when the announcement of the shooting came over the radio, she quickly turned it down and thought Caroline did not hear. She pulled over the car and talked to the Secret Service agent that was following to figure out what to do, and obviously they decided to return to the White House, and John Jr. and Caroline's nanny, Maude Shaw, was the one to tell them about their father's death. The funeral took place on November 25th, which is just a couple days before her sixth birthday and actually on John Jr.'s third birthday. It's said that at one moment she noticed Jackie sobbing during the funeral and she held her hand and told her that she would take care of her. Caroline, after that, became a fairly private and non-trusting person to anyone that was outside of her family, kind of like her mother. So after the assassination, Jackie pretty quickly moved the three of them into the Georgetown home in D.C., but it was an absolute madhouse. People were using ladders to look into their bedrooms. There were crowds outside constantly. Jackie told Bobby it felt like she was literally in a tomb. And it scared Caroline, the whole thing, which uh, obviously it would. She's a child. So she would ask when they were walking outdoors if anyone was watching her and she would like duck her head down and she was very uncomfortable by that. And she even would hide in the backseat floor of the car away from people when they were driving. She absolutely hated the spotlight. And as I said, I honestly just can't imagine how scary that would be for a child to have to deal with that. So as most of us know, around the same time, that's when Bobby really stepped in to be Caroline's father figure. And he did a fantastic job with that. They were very close. And Jackie ended up moving them to New York so that they wouldn't be as harassed by the public. And that's where Caroline started attending Sacred Heart School with a few of her Lawford cousins. Around this time, Jackie began taking John Jr. and Caroline traveling a lot, and she even got to christen a ship named after her father and made a speech at just nine years old. Then, unfortunately, in 1968, her father figure Bobby was assassinated, as we know, providing Caroline's life with yet another unfathomable tragedy. Jackie no longer felt that the family was safe in America and that they were, quote, killing Kennedys and that her children would be next. So this is when she married Aristotle Onassis and moved the kids to Greece for part of the time. As I've said in previous episodes, Aristotle provided money and security for them, but Caroline never really bonded with him at all. He and John Jr. were buddies. They would fish and they would hang out and whatever, but he just, Caroline just really didn't connect with Aristotle on that level at all. Although Caroline did end up growing very close to her Uncle Ted. Jackie even wrote a note to Ted asking if he would be Caroline's godfather since Bobby was no longer around and that she trusted him only really to take care of her the way that she would need to be taken care of. Then later in 1969, Caroline was enrolled in the very prestigious Brearley School in New York. She got to experience a lot of life as a kid, too, though, like amazing things that she did get to do. Um, at only 14, she traveled to Europe to work on her f photography portfolio because she had become very interested in it after being inspired by Peter Beard. She even ended up moving away from her mother at the age of 17 and attended Concord Academy, and she produced a film about East Tennessee coal miners for PBS. So she was really thriving. I mean, that's a huge accomplishment as a 17-year-old. In 1975, Onassis passed away after a few tumultuous years of marriage to Jackie and health complications. And then also in 1975, she graduated from Concord Academy with honors. 
She didn't go straight to college, though, which you would think she would, but she didn't. She ended up staying out of college for a year and went to Sotheby's in London. Don't know if I pronounced that correctly, by the way, but we'll just go with it, to study art. She stayed with her family friend and member of Parliament, Hugh Fraser, while she was there. But something happened while she was there. Once she was about to get into a car that was meant for him, but she was about to get in it, and it literally blew up. Even though the car was meant for Frazier, it still scared Jackie to death, of course, and she demanded that Caroline return to New York. But Caroline said no, and she stayed the entire year. After that, though, she did return, and she completed a Bachelor's of Arts degree in 1980 from Radcliffe College at Harvard. She was just always so smart and an excellent student. After she graduated, she was hired as a research assistant in the film and television department of The Met in New York. And this is where she met Ed Schlossberg. He was an exhibit designer there. Now, to the public, they seemed kind of like an unlikely match, but they were really good for one another. He was 12 years older than her, which is kind of coincidental because JFK was actually 12 years older than Jackie, too. But he's extremely intellectual and protective of her, and he hated the spotlight, which all of that Caroline loved. Now, Jackie was said to have loved him from some sources, yet there's other sources that say she didn't. So I'm not really sure on the truth on that front, but I'm going to assume that she liked him fine. They got engaged, and at their rehearsal dinner, John Jr. actually made a toast welcoming Ed to the family, saying that it had been the three of them, being Jackie, Caroline, and John, for so long that he was excited to add a fourth member. Caroline Ed's wedding was on July 19th of 1986, and it was in Hyannisport. She looked absolutely incredible. I'm sure we've all seen the photos. And her dress was so beautiful, and it even had small silk shamrocks in honor of her father on it. It was a small wedding, but it was a big Kennedy event, of course, and tons of press was there and all the things. Then the reception was huge, and it was at Rose Kennedy's home, and there was even a fireworks show there. So sounds like an amazing wedding. After that, Caroline and Ed ended up making the Upper East Side their home, and they were only a few minutes from Jackie. Caroline stayed super busy, though. She enrolled in law school and got her law degree and passed the bar. She also became a mother on June 25th, 1988, when she gave birth to her daughter, Rose. By 1994, she had three kids already, Rose, Tatiana, and Jack, and was and still is an incredible mother. She was very involved with their schools and their day-to-day life as a whole. She really kind of, and she still volunteered and stuff, but she really kind of put a career as a whole on hold and took care of her kids. Unfortunately, though, their family did experience another tragedy in 1994 when she lost Jackie to cancer. This was, of course, devastating to her, but in her Caroline way, she didn't show it, and she pressed on constantly. We're going to move forward a little bit. Throughout their lives, as we all know, Caroline and John Jr. were truly best friends. They were so different, yet so close. He was always, obviously, kind of at the forefront of media attention and in some ways welcomed that while she hid in the background, yet she worked very hard. Although there are rumors of their relationship being a bit strained around the time of his death, that obviously made no impact on how devastating it was when he passed away in 1999. She was suddenly the only piece of Camelot left, and I can't imagine how incredibly lonely that must have felt to her. So much tragedy in one person's life. I'm going to play this kind of awkward interview clip that I've heard before where it's evident that Caroline was never at the forefront of the press's mind like her family was, probably because she was so very private, but still, she, I mean, she had a lot to say and she did a lot, but she was just never the first one thought on it. And I just feel like I have to share this clip. Are you ever overwhelmed by your legacy? Because, you know, when people think of Kennedy, they think of Camelot, they think of your mom, they think of your dad, they think of your brother. And now, you know, of course, we have you. Are you ever overwhelmed by Now, of course, we have you. Well, we do. (laughs) You know what I mean, Caroline. We have you. I know you. 
So career-wise for Caroline, there's probably too much to list, but she has written multiple books over the years. She works at the JFK Library to further her father's legacy. Along with that, she was the United States ambassador to Japan from 2013 to 2017. She constantly speaks out for what she believes in and does all that she can to uphold her family's legacy, along with encouraging her family's call to public service. There's so many details that I could talk about about Caroline, and I probably will highlight on and talk about in different episodes, but that's all that I'm going to do for this particular one. Kind of just an overview. Caroline, in my opinion, is extremely inspiring in her own right. She's endured far more tragedy than most people do in her life already, and yet somehow continues on with her goals and her life despite that. She shows so much strength, intelligence, and depth, and I'm just so glad that we still get to see all that she's doing today and will continue to do. All right, that's all for today. I hope you learned something new. If you haven't already, make sure you're following me on Instagram at Kennedy Dynasty and check out my shop links in my bio as well while you're there. Also, I'm on Facebook now. Yay! So search Kennedy Dynasty Podcast there and give it a like. I will talk to you guys next week. Welcome to Anthology of Heroes, the podcast that explores the most pivotal moments of history through the eyes of those who lived it. In this podcast, we don't spend our time recounting facts and dates. Instead, we follow in the footsteps of national heroes, kings, or ordinary people who lived and breathed the moments that shaped our world. We're not hemmed in by eras, borders, or religions. Instead, we seek out the tales of those who defied the odds and fought passionately for their beliefs. Whether they're right or wrong is up to you to decide. From Vercingetorix's doomed rebellion against Rome, to Osceola's unshakable war against the USA, all the way up to the inspiring Sobibor concentration camp uprising in World War II, each episode is an immersive listening experience, blending music and sound effects to really draw you into the story. Our episodes go for about 45 minutes, making them perfect for your commute, and are crafted using a wealth of historical sources which I list on our website if you want to learn more. I'm the host, Elliot Gates, and I'm thrilled to have you joining me as we uncover history's hidden gems and illuminate the faded pages of our past. Look out for the Anthology of Heroes podcast on Spotify, Apple Music, or anywhere else you get your podcasts from.